Hi, welcome to the Daiku Podcast. I'm Gary Snow. Today I'm pleased to welcome two people whose names I'm sure you'll be familiar with in the TTRPG space. J.M. Defoggy, who's a longtime creator and well-known for the Jackal's Bronze Age game, and now has the role of Savage Universe Community Manager. Chris Landauer, or Landauer, is the Director of Marketing for Pinnacle Entertainment Group, the folks that have brought a Savage World system, and that's been described as uh, fast, fun, and furious. So, gentlemen, welcome. Thanks for having us, Gary. Thanks, yeah, this is awesome. Well, I'm really pleased you can uh, join us today. We want to talk about the Savage Universe uh, program or initiative and uh, what it can do for game designers. I know a lot of my audience are aspiring game designers, and I think you've got a program that really is going to be interesting to a lot of people. So uh, we're going to talk all about that. But first of all, uh, Landar, the Savage World is a universal system. It's incredibly versatile, and people really appreciate that it's kind of got that Goldilocks zone where it allows quick and easy gameplay and has just enough crunch to keep you satisfied. Would you mind giving us a brief history of how Savage Worlds came to be? Sure. Uh, it's, it's definitely the, the anytime, any place, any one, any setting setting uh, rule system. Um, the, uh, like you mentioned before, mm -hmm. we, we design goals is to keep it, keep it fast and furious and, of course, fun. Um, the, the interesting thing about Savage Worlds, it uses the, the standard fantasy dice, um, but they explode, they ace, um, which is a, a kind of a fun way of, of keeping things fresh mm -hmm. um, exciting the table. We use uh, cards, playing cards for initiative, um, which I mean, there are some skeptics, but once you've, once you've tried it, it's really great. It keeps things, there, there adds a, a tactical layer to initiative on, on how you can, um, you know, put yourself in a different order. There's actually you know, abilities to spend bennies. Uh, to either move yourself around um, with that, or to take edges that lets you kind of game the system on on you know, where you you might end up in initiative. But I uh, you know by not having completely standard routine save every round initiative, it kind of does change your tactics and and keeps that part of the game fresh too, which you get player buy-in and attention. Um, and then bennies, um, short for benefits. The these are a meta currency um, where players basically can have a a um, a means of um, re, you know, re, redoing roles, getting more power points, um, you know, getting an extra cards for initiative. Uh, this is the the Benny economy is kind of a very important concept in Savage Worlds that really gives player agency, whether it's plot, narrative, or uh, mechanical advantage in the game. Uh, the our, our our most famous setting, kind of where the the game um, derived out of, is Deadlands, the Weird West. It is a um, wonderful alternate history take on um, the Western genre with uh, weirdness and mysticism and magic and um, kind of like the you know, larger than, than life historical monsters and um, rail barons and just, you know, all this goodness. If you really want to take uh, the, 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 the old, the daddy of the, um, of the weird West genre, it is Deadlands. And um, yeah, that kind of grew out of the great rail wars board game and um, from mm -hmm. Deadlands and kind of, um, streamlining that system to be um, a little more universal uh, came Savage Worlds. Uh, we also are, are licensed to other major properties, um, you're bringing Savage Worlds uh, versions of uh, Rifts and uh, Pathfinder are two of the big ones. Um, those are our current you know, top sellers and, and you know, a lot of uh, friendly camaraderie with those communities. Um, we do unique kind of settings, you know, very uh, niche things that are... Uh, uh, very fun to explore, very different than other people are doing, like Holler, the an Appalachian Apocalypse, which is um, kind of takes the um, the Appalachian uh, mythos and adds in um, a, a little bit of uh, horror elements to it. And you can kind of have a, a um, rebellious fairy tale inspired um, game that was, is very authentic to you because our, our, our writer for that, Tim Early, was a... Uh, is a son um, of Appalachia. Um, let's see other great stuff like the um, some other fun lessons properties, things like Flash Gordon um, are great. There's the whole Weird Wars line where you can um, pick anything from Weird Wars Rome to the World Wars to Vietnam um, and, and play in kind of the, um, yes, the world is at war or your empire is at war, but there is also weirdness in the world. A lot of the Savage World settings kind of bring in alt historical plus weirdness, which gives a very, very fruitful um, uh, kind of genre mashup of, of 
you know, giving you accessibility to to real history and familiarity, but also giving you an access of freedom to have adventures and um, you know craft your own stories and be your own heroes. Um, East Texas University is one of our great settings, which is um, you know uh, Buffy goes to college, and um, the we just did a, a version of that that is set in middle school um, called Pine Box Middle School. Um, that'll be arriving in retail here pretty soon. Um, the one of our, our superheroes. So as you're flipping through on the screen now, you guys can see that the uh, these are from the companions. The companions are um, a little more deep dives, intensive kind of rule sets and and, and um, narrative ideas for um, different major genres people might want to play. So we've got a fantasy companion. Uh, this is the superpowers companion. Um, there is a horror companion. Um, up next, I think in the lineup is going to be the sci-fi companion. Um, that is a cover from our previous edition of the Sci-Fi Companion, and we'll be bringing that to um, Suede. Um, Suede is Savage Words Adventure Edition. That is the current rule set of the game. The um, one, one of the, the the great, you know, even within kind of those companions, we've got like Necessary Evil, which is a um, super villain setting. Kind of the uh, the superheroes of the world have been wiped out by an alien invasion, and uh, so the super villains must rise to save the Earth, and um, so yeah, I mean, there's, there's just a lot of, of really great things going on with uh, kind of uh, us as a company. I'm really excited to be part of the team, and um, yeah, part of that is bringing in JM. So I could I could let him talk for a minute or two. Yeah, uh, and uh, so JM, the idea behind it, you've got all these different uh, amazing like settings that uh, are in the Savage World systems. You got the rule set, um, and now you've got a lot of people that uh, they have you've long had a long program. I believe uh, mm -hmm. to have aces and uh, and people make settings for the Savage World system, but you've kind of consolidated it in the Savage World universe. Yes, so Pinnacle has had a amazing uh, and very generous licensee uh, relationship for a very long time. Uh, one of the things when I was first brought on that they uh, were like, "Make sure you always are stressing this," and, and I think it's true. It's not just a, a marketing point, but you know, when you write for Savage Worlds, we want to hear from you. We want it's a it's a bridge. It's not you know a doorway that you just have to walk through, and then who knows what's going on. So we really have four levels of licenses. Uh, if you want to produce something for Savage Worlds and give it away for free, there's the fan fan use license. Like we want people making cool things for Savage Worlds. We do an event in February, Fast Furious Fun February, uh, where the community comes together and puts together some free stuff for everyone in the Savage Worlds community to use. Uh, the next kind of tier up is what we call the Savage Worlds Adventuring Guild or the SWAG license. And this is if you want to put something out on Drive-Thru RPG and make some money at it. I actually just reviewed uh, on my personal channel this morning, um, Atomic Ninja Studios Dead End. They made a, they took Savage Worlds and made it a survival horror zombie game and they did just an amazing job with it so i i just love talking about this this is the uh, savage universe site if you go to savageuniverse.com all of this information that i'm about to rattle off is there so uh so the fan license you just have to put the fan product logo on there if you go over to the swag tab you can uh sell things on drive through rpg drive through takes a cut savage worlds takes a pinnacle takes a very small uh percentage and the rest goes to you and i think one of the best part of all of our licenses is you retain all of the intellectual rights to your product so if, if hollywood came to uh, atomic ninja studios and was like hey we want to make a dead end movie awesome like you know, biocondios like you know that, that is your property to go do whatever you want with uh, and then we have uh if you want to do a podcast like you're doing uh, and do an official Savage World podcast or a, a stream or um, actual plays, um, we just ask that you put the little Savage Worlds uh, media network uh, logo on there. There's some licensee text, but it lets you use art and things in the, um, in the stream. And it just helps us gather everybody who is actually producing content for Savage Worlds uh, we, I update the calendar weekly. I put up all of the streams that we know of. We have a uh, under the Savage Worlds Media Network tab, a little broadcast tower. 
those are all of the YouTube channels that we know that are actually putting out Savage Worlds content. And last but not least, we have the ACE license. And the ACE license takes um, a little bit more to get, but it, uh, essentially we want to see what people are doing with the ACE license. The ACE license allows you to go to Kickstarter, allows you to print a physical product, um, put together a book. And for that, we just want to ensure that your writing, your rules, your layout, and your presentation um, are of a caliber that not only you'll be proud of, but we'll be proud to to um, highlight and and show off. So the ACE license is a has a, a, one or two more hurdles than the other three, but I would say, don't be discouraged because like, like I said, this is a bridge. If you submit for an ACE license and we go, hey, here's, you know, you know, we don't think you're ready for the ACE license yet. We're going to walk you through all of the reasons why. And what we really want people to do is not see that as a, well, I guess I can't do anything with the ACE license, but to see, okay, here's what a professional publishing company is telling me I need to work on. And I want, we want you to resubmit to us. Like we, we don't want to say no to anyone. We just want to say, hey, if the books are in print, we're holding, we're holding them and ourselves to a, to a standard of quality so our fans know what they're getting. So on Savage Universe, every week I put out articles for new swag products, new Ace products, new streams. I do a stream every Thursday on Pinnacle's channel uh, to talk about what's going on in the Savage Universe. Uh, we have a list of all of our aces, so if there's something you like there, you can just go to Savage Universe and find all of our aces and all of their products. We're linking directly to their sites and to their um, product pages. Uh, the calendar has the list of all of the events, and we're trying to get cons and like online games uh, put together. You'll see, yeah, we have uh, tonight, I think, Blasted Beauty, uh, Knights of the Smith Dinner Table are um, finishing up their... Uh, Reign of Winter game. Uh, so yeah, that's, this is your, the, the goal is that this is the one-stop shop for all things Savage World licensee. And what's cool about Pinnacle is a lot of companies have licenses that allow you to use their product. It's not necessarily a unique idea, but I don't know of any other company in the industry who is saying we're going to throw manpower and effort into signal boosting anyone who wants to be a licensee like if you if you're a fan if you're making a free fan product and you want people to come and take a notice at the bottom of the page there is a contact um uh, email info at savageuniverse.com that comes directly to me i'm booked on savage universe through the middle or end of november at this point and again, it doesn't matter if you're doing a stream, if you're doing a uh, free product, if you've got a new book coming to Kickstarter that uses Savage Worlds, or you have something going up on Drive-Thru RPG, I want to talk with you about it. Spend a half hour to an hour just chatting and letting the community know what's going on. They're some of our most watched streams, the Savage Universe streams are. And I think, uh, as you mentioned, like uh, for an aspiring game designer, uh, one of the biggest hurdles that people tend to have is being able to get their game out there in the public space and market it. And, you know, you waste a lot of time, uh, you know, pitching on social media. And sometimes you just feel like you're just like screaming into the uh, darkness. And Savage World Universe or Savage Universe allows you to signal boost them get their game made and uh, there's a built-in community i know i've heard a lot of people talk about the fact that uh, you go to a convention and you hear like screaming and hollering and all that kind of stuff and you look over and there's the savage world uh tables of all those types of games because it's like yeah. a fun game to play and there's a big community around it and i know that uh i've had tim early uh who made ho uh, holler uh on my show and I interviewed him and i really love that game and I know that uh, I think his game originally was just being played as like a, a swag product. And then uh, what was the story of the evolution of like how that swag product became uh, even more part of the Savage World uh, universe? So I, I think it kind of all goes back to community. Um, the way I got into Savage Worlds was that the um, at a local convention, there was a, a group of, of, of gamers who 
um, you know, were early adopters of Savage Worlds and really loved it and started running the games. And um, I just happened to be there playing a different system at, at the time. And I was like, wait a minute, there's all these games. Look at all these interesting kind of RPGs you can play. What is the Savage World stuff? So um, the you know, I, I, I became a fast fan. And it turned out that the this, this local group, the Rocky Mountain Savages, um, uh, you know, we're, we're in Denver. And um, Shane Hensley, he's the um, our, our founder and, and spiritual leader of Savage Worlds. And um, he's very close over in Arizona. And the, the guys who had started running the Rocky Mountain Savages um, invited him to come to their, the convention. And they, a, a wonderful kind of community blossomed here in, in Colorado from that, just the, the, the low-key but awesome participation of the, kind of the, the, the founder of this, this awesome game. And then the, the initial game masters who were running a wide variety of kind of RPG content. And um, so the legacy from that was just this, this great little Savage Worlds community um, got started here. And um, you know, we, we spearheaded kind of growing that community. And um, Tim happened to be here in Colorado for, I think, um, uh, continuing studies at his wife's doctorate. She was here at the University of Denver. And um, so he kind of got into the Denver gaming scene. And you can't miss us. Um, we're you know, a huge, rowdy presence, as you mentioned. Um, it, it is kind of funny. There, there, there definitely is this this sense of, um, you know, certain uh, living play system people at conventions are very serious about their games and they're very quiet and, mm-hmm. you know, just every, you know, did, did I did I play enough games before this to get to my character where I wanted to be? And then us savages are just, um, uh, I won't say rude, we are a rambunctious group <laughs> who really enjoy the games we're playing. And I think that kind of comes from the game system. There, there, there's elements in Savage Worlds like the exploding dice and mm-hmm. um, yeah. where you know when you, when you roll the hot at the top number on a dice, you get to keep rolling. So damage can really explode, kind of fantastically, and attacks can explode. Um, so Drawing yeah, so a there, joker, there are, right? And the joker. So in, in the in the card initiative realm, the best card to get is the joker because it means you get to go first or whatever you do want to go, and you get plus two to your rolls. So when when those appear, um, you know everyone shouts out joker. And um, you know, players at the table get bennies. Everyone on the player team gets bennies when when one of your your allies or compatriots gets a joker. So there are these kind of surprise elements that that keep Savage Worlds um, on your toes, kind of fast. It is um, people will say swingy, um, just because there it, it's not you know the, 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 the game design concept isn't really you know ablative damage that just keeps going. You know, it's consistent like okay, I'm going to do five to ten damage every time this monster has a hundred, so it's going to take us. You know, me five rounds or two of us. You know, um, two and a half rounds or whatever. That it's it's not that kind of feel. You know, you can get you know, critical failures and then the obviously acing is and raises are our kind of a critical critical success um, metric. So um, it, it keeps the game fun and exciting and and, and and just the ability to have these larger than life heroic um, settings. Uh, even though there's a lot of, there's a lot of horror in our games. Um, and, and even then, you know, the table will get real quiet, but then like, you know, either someone gets murdered um, drastically or there's a great success um, against the monsters. And that's um, that's how you find us. So Tim was Tim kind of joined part of that community. And because, um, you know, Shane is so generous and all the folks at Pinnacle have worked so hard to make it not only a welcoming community, but a welcoming license. Um, it was very easy to onboard him from like, hey, this is a great idea to, to play at a convention. Um, to like, you really need to publish this for Savage Worlds. You know, let, let, let's let's do some introductions. Let's get let's get the wheels rolling. So, um, you know, the, uh, several of us out here in the, in the, in the Denver community were became fast and and volunteered cheerleaders for Tim and Holler. And um, you know, we're very proud to see just kind of what that's become. It's 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 so great seeing that kind of go from being a, a game we got to play with the guy whose idea it was um, when it was just a, a draft manuscript to. Um, a fully arted, glorious, um, yes. Yeah, so there's there's the deluxe edition cover, the the human skin, So yeah, that that's that's been a very exciting thing. Just you know, watching. Yeah, and, and you know, Tim brought a lot of writing chops to the table too. He's a an acclaimed poet to start. So um, it it wasn't too hard. Um, not not that other folks at Pinnacle and like Tracy, um, who did a great job, kind of you know um, uh, spearheading the the publication side, you know, didn't, didn't have work to do, but um, it was a lot of really great material to start with. And um, if you look like the art for Holler is kind of a very great choice. Like, you know, the, 
Um, I think it's the other great thing I do. I just love about the work that you know, that Shane and Simon and Jody and Clint do is the, and Jay mentioned this, JM mentioned this in the, we want to put out quality products. So, you know, recently we've won awards for, you know, the design and layout of the work that we've done with, with Pathfinder and, um, which is our like in addition to bringing like our rule set to the Pathfinder universe, um, how do we take all of that gorgeous art that that Paizo had commissioned and all of those great artists and do them justice by making you know super gorgeous books that are high quality? Um, whether it's you know making sure we we have the right kind of hardback, the, the higher quality thicker paper, the ribbons we put in the books, the layout. And those are just things that are I think important to kind of um, you, know, you know one provide a great product in the marketplace, but two. Um, you know, when we've got other folks who want to you know, produce, those are questions like, hey, I've got an idea for a game. I don't know anything about getting a real product printed. And, you know, can you, can you help us? And the, and the answer is yes. Or, um, you know, the, the, the community aspect of just, you know, like I, I got to name drop Carl Kiesler because um, JM just got to meet him this weekend. This last weekend we, uh, we did a, we could have crashed game hole con as, uh, as, a, as a kind of a fun um, you know, well, let's get the Pinnacle folks and the, the Savage Worlds folks out to a, one of the bigger conventions. And, you know, Gen Con is just so big, it's hard to make any kind of splash there, but it was kind of fun to go to, to you know, make Game Hall our, our big convention for the year. And uh, Carl Kiesler, he, he works in professional advertising um, for his day job, but he just does amazing things with layout and art direction. Yes. And um, he's been such a kind of a, uh, a wonderful community resource for folks. I'm like, Hey, I want to get my jumpstart out or just a PDF out. How do I even, how do I make it look pretty? And so what you, you see on the screen now is our style guides. These, these are um, the, the tips on how to um, incorporate Savage Worlds rule set into your, your, your production, but what things you need to capitalize, what, what terms need to be you know, italicized. Um, but, but it's also just kind of just general writing style stuff, like whether it's, you know, use the present versus, you know, um, you know, past tenses or those kind of things, just to kind of keep a consistency of tone, um, you know, in in with so many other creative minds all working with the same system. So, the uh, and the style guide is free on our website, pegink.com. So um, that's where you also find all. It's the also on savageuniverse.com. There we go, both of them. And um, so yeah, so you go just big picture. You know, pegink.com is where we've got um, all the things we produce in house and sell. Um, we do a lot of crowdfunding, so we're on Kickstarter, and we'll be bringing a, a board game called Doomguard, hopefully to GameFound um, early in the next year. Um, JM got to, to demo that uh, game whole con too. The um, and then you know we wanted to create Savage Universe just because I mean it's the, the amazing thing about that um, Clint and Shane and Simon and the the crew um, they, there is an extensive back catalog of, of material. I mean it has been. Um, Savage Worlds is is two decades old. Deadlands is 25 years old. Um, the you know and, and then just rather a prolific amount of, of of creative content that is already out there that you can still purchase, um, which kind of sets us apart from a lot of other companies, kind of in a similar size to ours. We're not we we play like a big company, but we're not a big company. And um, the but there's there's just so much material already out there, um, which is kind of unique. I, you know, I think other similar companies. You'll look and they might have two or three lines or you know maybe three products at any one time and we we've got a thousand SKUs plus that you know you can um, are, are still there and um so you know by opening the door to you know community content creators we figured you know, they're just going to get lost in in the peg page trying trying to get you know, highlight them and mm -hmm. allow them to have their their content um highlighted so that's kind of really why we wanted to do savageuniverse.com because you know we produce savage worlds but they are the universe so you know a little space theme um, just making sure that they get the highlight that they deserve and kind of the, the, the one-stop shopping for them. Um, you know, just so we can, we can, we can, you know, point people to the Savage Worlds Adventurers Guild on DriveThruRPG. Um, but also, you know, for their, if, if folks aren't there and they're doing Kickstarters or they're doing podcasts mm -hmm. or, you know, all the other things that you can do to interact with, with our community, um, we figured, hey, we should, we should, we should have a place for them. It's got, a, it's got, it's got its own branding and, um, yeah, and and their own, you know, the own manager, you know, the actual you know, a, a yeah. staff person who's who's attentive to them. So, well, I know I have a, a folder of tons of Savage World products, and uh, there is a diverse uh, range of like mm -hmm. settings, genres, um, just overall scope. 
but I guess one of the questions from an aspiring game designer that like goes, hey, I've got an interesting setting. I don't really know that much about Savage Worlds, the rule set, so to speak. I'm sure that probably the best thing they can do is actually just play the game to learn it. But uh, apart from that, like one of the areas that might be a little bit confusing is like coming up with edges and where do you, where does the design of the setting leave off and where does the core rules fill that gap and and where do you find your edge of like these are the rules and this is my setting so i think one of the the big things that savage worlds does really well um than other generic role and actually, I think this is really where a, a swag or an product catches my eye is in we have what are called setting rules. And if there are themes or important um, goals to have in your setting, we mechanize those. We, we say, okay, well, if this is what you're going for theme-wise with your setting, or this is an important action in your setting, they need to be codified in in a set of rules. Um, so, for example, uh, Deadlands uses fear levels. So, because it's such a big deal that the you know the uh, my brain just died. The four horsemen. What are they called in? The servitors. We'll let it this out in post. What are they called in Deadlands? <laughs> the reckoners. They, reckoners. Uh, yeah. The reckoners. Yeah, they're trying to increase the fear level and turn the world into one giant deadland. So that is actually a mechanical setting rule, how fear levels work. Um, and this zombie product that I was just reading about, they have a rule for amputation and how horrific it is both for those people watching and for the person undergoing it. But if you've watched any survival zombie movie like The Walking Dead or Night of the Living Dead, that's, that's the key component to getting the theme right. And I think tailoring your setting rules go uh, much farther for me than having a cool edge or a cool hindrance or a new a new race to make the setting come alive the, the setting rules are how you as a game designer tweak the core mechanics of the game to fit within your setting yeah we've got a a, a amputation setting rule in buccaneer which is a, a mystical pirate setting um it's a, it's a little nicer like the, the in that setting you know we kind of envision we we want you know the, the pirate genre is 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 got the you know plenty of handy capable people who have you know a missing eye an arm a leg you, know, you name it. Um, so how how do we encourage that behavior um, and those characters and, and going that way versus other kind of you know um, systems? Um, and we're like, well, wait, wait, wait a minute. Maybe if you elect you know, if, if you're seriously enough wounded, um, but you elect them to take the leg, um, you know, you've got a much better chance of your character surviving. Um, kind of the, mm -hmm. the 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 wound process, um, you know, but you you get your awesome you know peg leg afterward, and uh, so, so I I think that that that, that for us the, the engine in general um, setting rules I think is where you start at um, maybe it's not where you start but you you kind of have, to have a, a grasp of how other mechanics work in Savage Worlds so to pick and choose mm -hmm. what setting rules you want but looking at the setting rules for various settings that you like playing. Um, or, or something, something similar to kind of what you want to create and seeing how other game designers adapted Savage Worlds to that mm -hmm. genre. And I think that uh, setting rules in general are a very important part of how Savage Worlds can be universal or generic. I mean, it, it, it's hard coming up with terms that sound great for adaptability. And, you know, hey, I, mm -hmm. I, I know the rules. I, it's, it's a language I speak, but there's, there's poetry and there's prose and there's... Um, you know, it, it needs to be different. So, um, you know, so so setting rules for poetry would be things like, you know, whether it's an iambic pentameter or what, what kind of rhyme yep. scheme you want. Um, or in prose, like, is it, is, it, is it business writing or is it informal writing or is it, um, you know, a public address speech or, and so it's it's, it's what, what those elements you want to turn on and off in the rule set or modify in the rule set to make horror feel horrific. So, for instance, one of the, the, the great horror games I played in, you know, I mentioned Bennies. Bennies are this meta mechanic that, that give you a lot of player agency. Um, in general, if you're playing up your hindrances, the, the game master should be giving you Bennies for, you know, um, you know having your character um, suffer the consequences of whatever those hindrances are or, you know, playing into being a greedy or being heroic or those kind of things. Um, 
you know, hindrances aren't necessarily bad things like obligations and vows or hindrances. Um, so they're, they're, they're ways that you know, uh, your character should be playing um, or interacting with the world. If, if you do that, you know, you get bennies. Or um, if a joker comes out, you get bennies. Or a lot of times if you tell really funny jokes at the table, you know, you'll get a benny. Um, the for, the for, reinforces it's, bad behavior with bennies. Right, it's true. It, it is very Pavlovian click and treat um, kind of behavior. Uh, which is also yeah. great because you know you can steer things away. So one one way to, to like make a, a very horrific game um, that isn't over the top um, in in kind of the the access to heroism and, and overcoming it is hey guys um, you're going to get your your starting bennies for this game session but that's it yeah you know, the, the, they're a precious resource for the next two and a half hours um, be careful and your know, bennies are also you know, you spend a Benny when you are were wounded to soak those wounds. And that's another thing, too, but by not having um, hit points, uh, that it kind of vary as you go along. The, you know, Bennies are, are, are a mechanic that characters can take damage within, you know, or negative status effects, um, but then also, you know, absolve their characters of those mechanically. And um, so when you limit the Bennies, you also, <clears throat> you know, limit the longevity and how much damage your character can take. And um, so that, yeah, that is a, a fantastic little setting rule um, that you can turn on to be like, yes, this game is deadly. And, um, you know, the or, or even things like, you know, a non-mechanical setting rule. Same, you know, you're in that genre. If you're, if you're the, um, you know, you, you are an inmate in an insane asylum, but the zombie apocalypse has happened and you're breaking out. So, you know, there's, there's deep questions about kind of all the horror themes going on. The, um, you know, whether or not like, uh, table talk. Um, you know, yeah. said one of the games was like, "Hey guys, um, I want you for the next two and a half hours to talk as your character only. So we're you know any meta conversation, we'll take a break, or whatever, and have it away from the table. But the you know talk through your characters, have dialogue in character between characters. Um, you know, versus kind of regular role playing games where it's a little lighter than that, right? A little little more freedom, and you know everyone's telling Monty Python jokes every two and a half minutes." Um, the yeah, and that that is a, a setting rule that has you know no mechanical effect, but has a a strong narrative um, guiding force to say this is going to be a horrific game. Let's 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 pay attention and keep the stakes kind of ratcheting up as as we get injured, as you lose resources. Um, so th th I think that's that's where you can really set your um, 1930s pulp, um, you know, awesome made up city game. Separate from another, another, another kind of similar, whether it's a 1930s pulp genre that's in the jungle or whatever, um, or it's a another kind of alt history. Your choice in setting rules is really kind of allows you know the, the feeling and the flavor of your game to come to the forefront. So, and each of the companions comes with a lot of setting rules that are not meant to be used at all times. They're used as guidelines to say, you know, hey, if you're doing uh, was it is Brian Reeves who does the little set genre write-ups? Like he'll say, yeah. like if you want dark fantasy, here are some setting rules to consider using in your game. So it, it the companions really help broaden the scope of Savage Worlds for a broad genre, but then also show you how to focus back in and narrow it for a specific subgenre. Right, like, it, it, like if if you wanted to play Flash Gordon versus um, uh, uh, Battlestar Galactica, right, like. Well, both are ships in space, um, but the feeling of those are very, very different, right? I mean, you know, it, it, you would not mistake Battlestar Galactica for Flash Gordon, um, even though on like the sci-fi mechanical parts, you know, how you how you want to interact with flying ships and and, and space travel um, and resource management might be very, very similar. Um, you know, the the well, one game has swords that have to compete with laser guns, and another game doesn't, and and, and one game is much more serious and and um you know there's the, the the being stalked aspect of it versus trying to overcome the evil empire um aspect and so th th that's how those two you know on the surface similar kind of settings would, would play and feel very different at the table would just be on, on what kind of setting rules that you know are get, to get turned on and turned off i find it interesting that uh you know two big properties of rifts and uh pathfinder who I know the complaint of, and you guys don't have to answer this because of your relationships with uh, Palladium um, and Paizo, uh, that uh, as far as crunch goes, and I know uh, for myself, I love the setting of Rifts 
and I used to play it as a, a teenager, mm -hmm. and it's just like a just a, an amazing setting. But then you get into the rules, and it's just so hard to GM because you're juggling so many different aspects. But the uh, Savage Worlds version of it simplifies a lot of that crunch. Yeah, there there is an elegance to Savage uh, Worlds. That's what brought me into Savage Worlds. Yeah. Oh, keep going, GM. No, you go. I was just gonna say that's what brought me into <laughs> Savage Worlds. Was uh, was Savage Rifts. I I saw the Kickstarter and I was like, I love the Rift setting. I don't know that I want to go back to the system necessarily, and I don't know that I could get my players to go back to the system because uh, I played it a lot in you know the '90s and early 2000s. And I was like, well, you know, I've heard of Savage Worlds. Let me give this a shot, and I completely fell in love with their take on the rift setting and and the way that you know i could see where they took assumptions or implicit mechanics of rifts and found a way to convert them to something that was fast and fun yeah and i look at it like like kind of fusion food the um you know our our goal mm -hmm. with these really great partnerships isn't to take away customers um, it's, it's to just yep. share the best parts of what they're doing um, with our audience, right? And a big part of our audience are folks that have, have come to like how our rule set plays out. And that's really not to the detriment or exclusion of, of these these other great rule sets um, and, and world building. It, it's just simply, you know, a preference for um, kind of the how those games play out. And so the you know, with, with Rifts, um, I think you, you've got an, a really awesome history of of so much world building there, and the uh, their fan base is is awesome and rabid, and still loves playing the, that rule set, mm -hmm. and they're producing you know, new material in that rule set. Um, and and there's I, you know, to to us the 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 the, the great thing about it, I mean, I, I think just the, the culture Shane has built of the company, you know, like building the bridge, you know, it's, it's, it's not mm -hmm. a one way door. Um, those kind of things, I think that is also building trust with other game designers. And 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 you know, just even looking at Rifts, there is just the the fact that um, you know uh, Sean Owen Roberson is came from the Savage Rifts line and is now um, a major part mm -hmm. of Palladium. I, I just think just goes to show the 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 the, the, the great part of. It's a, it's a small community, even though there's a lot of fans out there. It's a small community. It's close-knit. There aren't that many degrees of separation. Um, I, 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 I don't think that the there, there's any downside to, hey, let's have your peanut butter and our chocolate um, for for your, your the amazing world building you did. And also just the mechanical stuff, too. I mean, there is the, mm -hmm. the great thing about Savage Pathfinder is that they are mechanical elements from Pathfinder that when we had to adapt um, that for Savage Worlds, we found out, well, maybe we should add some of these things to Savage Worlds. Like, you know, we, we didn't really have yeah. some of these mechanics in Savage Worlds before, but hey, these things we'll, we'll need for Savage Pathfinder. And hey, they play tested so, so well. Let's put them into our fantasy companion, um, you know, in a, in a little more universal kind of version. Um, because that, you know, that 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 typifies the fantasy genre and what it means to be a gamer in, in fantasy. So you know, for for us, I think they're, they're just they're very positive. Um, you know, more rich material has gotten produced because Savage Rules decided to help pick up the torch and the crossover between the two. Their their recent Titan Robotics Kickstarter, they decided as one of their stretch goals was to add Savage Worlds content to the, the new stuff they're producing. Um, and then you know, likewise in Pathfinder. Um, you know, Mike and the team, Mike Barbeau and the team did such a great job with Savage Pathfinder and Paizo really noticed. And, you know, they gave Mike the ability to, hey, we, we, we approve you. You have gotten a blessing to create new content um, in, in the Galarian universe. And that's, I mean, that's just a, really a, a testament to kind of building trust um, and, you know, bridging communities that you know, our, our, our goal isn't isn't to, you know, to to grab Pathfinder players and, and you know you know struggle bust them over to you know Savage Worlds and hey guys you need to play our system. Um, it's much more hey you know when we're at conventions having a whole lot of fun like you know we could do that in Galarian too. Um, yeah. So well, I, 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 I saw I, that uh, Palladium announced uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and I was like oh oh, oh next time. Yeah I, yeah, I I think it's great. I mean the, the thing is that you know, the there are some great stories from from that that team's about their 
the, the, the history of the properties they've got to play with, whether it's, you know, uh, was it Jerry Bruckheimer, who was going to do the movie for the first movie that, that, that didn't materialize. And, and you know, the, the Deadlands movie that has never materialized as well as, you know, it's, it's not as easy to get a movie as you might think. Um, but yeah, them going back to that property, when I'm like, I mean, there's so much nostalgia kicking in with, oh, they're bringing back Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and oh my god, they got the art, and oh, so you know, yeah. fun, fun design choices there. I'm, I'm, I, I really wish them well on their their new Kickstarter. So yeah. Yeah, that for us, there there isn't there isn't nearly the. I mean, there there are genre wars and 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 rule set wars kind of. Um, for us, we look at that much more favorably. It's um, mm -hmm. we we play these other games. Um, you know the just because we've we've fallen into the the comfort of the, the system we really like um you know we, we're always playing other systems and other games and other ips and and sometimes we just want to share that um with the the community and the friends we built in our rule set um so yeah it's, it's, a, it's a little more comfortable in the language that we speak you know the the dialect of the language we speak so um you know for, for us those are those are exciting things those are kind of um, opportunities to to grow Savage Worlds, not just the community, but also kind of the the scope of the IPs that we want to tackle. I mean, if you think about it, the you know both Rifts and Galarian are very similar to Deadlands in the sense that there is a a deep history, a multiple decade history of world building. Multiple authors over the years have contributed. They are bigger than any one person, um, and, and they are also very compelling. They are they are interesting challenging worlds to tell stories in to be heroes or be anti-heroes um and, and so just being able to have you know why why rebuild that from scratch when we can just make yeah. friends and say hey can we can we can we borrow your car for an afternoon of <laughs> drag racing yeah. um so yeah we're excited about those Good. And so, uh, Jam, like, how long has the, the Savage Universe been open? And kind of, have you s encountered any kind of pitfalls, or or has it just all been good so far? Like, learning process. It's all been great so far. Uh, we launched it in February or March this year. Um, I was brought on in January to kind of help shepherd it into existence. And a big shout out to uh, Chris Valentine who put that who you know worked tirelessly with me and every week i'm like hey chris i need you to rebuild the site for me because i got a new article or a new ace <laughs> or a new calendar entry and he just does a great job with it um it's been very positively received by the community um, uh, both the site and the savage universe streams i get like i said i get requests every week hey can you write an article for savage worlds or for savage universe about this can i jump on the savage universe stream on thursday so every thursday generally at seven eastern <clears throat> excuse me at seven eastern we jump on the peg stream across all the peg locations and we um we highlight somebody in the in the community and we get a lot of people who come out for the streams but as uh, Landauer said earlier, it's also just we have amazing communities. If you want to get involved in the Savage Universe, one, reach out to me, please. I, I, I love talking about Savage Worlds with people. And also, it's my job. So it's just, it's just amazing. But also check out, there's the official Savage Worlds Discord, the unofficial Savage Worlds Discord, and the Gaming with Gage Discord. So those three communities... Uh, you're going to find people who are willing to play test. You're going to find people who are willing to comment and, and give feedback or answer any questions. The unofficial Savage Worlds Discord has so many swag and ace um, members that it is an untapped trove of how to get started and how to publish in the Savage Worlds um, arena. If you want to try Savage Worlds or you want to play test a new product that you have coming out, Gaming with Gage's Discord server every Monday night, they are running um, a Savage Worlds game. It's Savage Worlds Adventure Night. It's Monday nights. They are, you just sign up on their sheet. They don't care who you are. They don't care what game you're going to play. You're going to find two to seven people who want to play and try something. And so those three servers, as part of the Savage Universe community, I cannot stress highly enough that if you want to get involved in it, uh, either as a player or a game master or a game designer, 
those are resources and they're, they're some of the most welcoming and friendly people you're ever going to meet. And the, uh, the community and large, like, uh, I mean, they seem to just be like a completely welcoming environment, uh, at any convention. And it's always mm -hmm. like, pull up a chair, grab some dice, let's have some fun. And, uh, so I, I know just, it's kind of observing things. It just seems like, uh, one of those places that uh, let's just have fun. Let's let's game. Yeah, I, I think that's the nice thing about Savage Worlds, and why I think it, it, it's particularly amenable to convention games is um, it's approachable by new players. The you know I, I think uh, veterans in the RPG sphere, we love some Baroque rule sets too, like the things that take some time to get into, and um, but there there is a, a kind of a design ethos in Savage Worlds of, of that. The, the fast and fun part is is to keep keep the, the, the mm -hmm. basic rules simple enough that a new person can be engaged and participate if they just have a character sheet in front of them. Um, you, know, you, you, you don't have to be a rules expert or, or deeply inured into the the you know multiple classes um, or whatever to just to really just be able to sit down and play. Um, you know, that, that, that is a very forward kind of design ethic in, in, in the rule set. So it does, it does allow us to welcome folks in. I mean, I, I think part of the, um, I mean, the, the wonderful thing about some of the more, you know, um, dense rule sets is you, you do create these awesome fan bases. Um, but that takes time, right? It takes time and it, it takes a lot of, a lot of uh, education of new players by uh, a lot of game masters out there to, to get a, get people up to speed. And you know when, when you've when you've learned those 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 more crunchy or involved systems, yeah, you know, those can be great. They, they can they can have a lot of flavor. Um, Savage Worlds, I think, does that um, by by just making sure that the, the entry, the the uh, the, the welcome to this system is is as easy to onboard folks as possible um, by just the right amount of of mechanical. Yeah, so I think it's just like you, you might just think, oh, it's just just go, just going too rules heavy. Well, no, it's not. A lot of times, um, it's very, I think, also um, equally hard to introduce players to purely, you know, narrative kind of game RPGs when they don't know that they have the agency to to interact, even if it's very free form and and there aren't a lot of dice or rules involved. Um, those can be very intimidating as well and hard to get people to into the right. Um, sets of agency. So, you know, like Ben, going back to Benny's, because it is, it is a major part of our, our, our design kind of fun is, you know, that gives players agency, whether it's over narrative or over um, how their character responds to threats or how their character goes after things. Um, the, that, 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 you know, Hey, um, I, I, does my character have 10 feet of rope? Hey, spend a Benny and the answer is yes. Um, yeah. It's easy for that to kind of, um, you know, get get player involvement in on a very basic level. So I think I think that's that it's one of the, one of the appeals for us is um, you know like I, I I've long said I'm a, a big GURPS fan. GURPS was a system that I went to because it's like hey I want to I want to play an Arabian Nights game and no one was really producing one. There was like there was Alcadim that D and D had, but there was like I, I don't I don't need orcs in my Arabian Nights game. I just want to play an Arabian Nights game. Um, so do I have to go through and strip out all the fantasy stuff that these wonderful people put into their flavor of the game. Um, and, you know, uh, GURPS was, they had a book, they had a little Arabian Nights spot book. You could, you know, add that to their system. And so that was what drew me to that system. Um, and, you know, similarly, I think for Savage Worlds, it's um, you know, the ability to approach those multiple systems, but have the, the core, a rule set that is familiar and easy to use. And um, so I, I think that's, that's, that's our, our big appeal is that the, you know, what, 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 you know, Anytime, any place, any genre, any character, um, but but make those meaningful, not just um, everything for everything's sake or kitchen sink for kitchen sink's sake. Um, so, as we come to the end of the, the our time together, uh, what do you got cooking? You got Halloween coming up, and yeah, Halloween is our free um, uh, community online virtual convention. We uh, we we started it four years ago to kind of announce Holler as a thing that we wanted to, to bring to the world. Um, and, you know, with Holler's success, um, we've kept it going every year. This year, it's a little more laid back and subdued and easy because we just got back from GameholeCon, um, which is an opportunity we didn't want to pass up. But they're, they're, we didn't choose their dates. 
And so, so folks are uh, a lot of, of Peg staff. Well, I went to Gamehole Con, so the um, yawning. Right, <laughs> you get some con cred for JM. I'm so I'm, I'm amazed you're even be able to talk after having to, to demo Doom Guard for for the whole convention. Um, but the so like yeah, Halloween um, tabletop dot events is kind of where we organize that. So you can kind of uh, pegging.com. There's the news. We put out a newsletter every Tuesday. So after I, we pop off here, I'm gonna help finish up the newsletter and get that out to folks. Um, you can sign up for our newsletter. So that comes out every Tuesday, and you'll see announcements there. So in our recent news section, you can see the Halloween article to get all the links you want. There's game submissions are still open. It's a free convention. So just grab a badge, grab some tickets, free tickets to play in those games. And the, the wonderful game masters are running those all online. So we're gonna, you know, with help of, of Discord and the virtual tabletops. And um, that's another thing too is, is all of our products we we eventually have come out on on all the BTT programs uh, platforms. Um, so that's another kind of hey, you know, let's let's go universal. Let's 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 be open and accessible. So um, you know, even before the pandemic, we were all in on the BTTs. But I think that was one thing that when we couldn't do the conventions and meet in person, um, you know, and, and bring in new fans and, and share you know new new properties, the BTT kind of saved us all. So um, we're we're thankful that though that industry is is thriving. Um, other big thing. So right now on Kickstarter is the Night Train 25th anniversary that has gone amazingly well. I think it's over 100,000 and 1,600 backers. Um, John Goff is one of the OGs. Uh, he he uh, helped get Shane uh, into role playing when they were um, at college together. And his most famous, infamous adventure is called Night Train, um, which not not a huge spoiler, but it is a uh, it is the horrific weird west, and there is a train full of very specific bad guys. Uh, but if you come back to campaign, you'll it'll be Im immensely clear what they are. And it, it's kind of one of those um, the the rare TPK kind of adventures for Savage Worlds that is kind of infamous for um, you know you you, you you go at it multiple times with multiple parties to see if you can crack the the crazy nut that is the very very difficult campaign, and it's kind of grown into a mythic status from there. So we it is the 25th anniversary of, of that adventure, which predates uh, Savage Worlds. It was in the original Deadlands um, RPG rule set. And so this is the first time it's coming to Suede. And then in the new year, I think in January on GameFound, we're looking to kick off Doom Guard, which is an outgrowth of our Superpowers Companion. Um, for the, so for folks who back the, the Superpowers Companion and are familiar with like the necessary evil world, uh, is the you know, super villains you know, trying to save the world. Um, there is a, an extension of that called the Doom Guard, which are supervillains and some superheroes um, who are facing some existential threats from the likes of Cthulhu. And so it's mm -hmm. super, super villains versus Cthulhu. And the uh, they got, there was a little taste of that during our Superpower Companion campaign that you can pick up an adventure or two that are set in that world. And we are bringing that to the, the board game space. Um, Mike Barbeau, who you might remember from Savage Pathfinder, um, kind of in, in his own... He actually started as an ace as well. So he actually published, I think it was Guardians of Umbra, I think was his um, um, setting, which is kind of a cool multi-genre fantasy with stompy robots and fun setting. Um, so again, it's, it's it's a bridge, folks. You know, start on the bridge, cross mm -hmm. it, join us. We have one of us, one of us, we bubble. One um, of us, yep. The, uh, but the that that's very exciting that he's you know, it's going to be a, a big board game release. And um, then there's a lot more Deadlands on the horizon. The... Um, Shane just got back from a trip to the Pacific Northwest where he's polishing um, some content for uh, we've been doing kind of hopping around the country doing regional source books for Deadlands on different areas of the country and there's there's several more in that series over the next couple of years that we're putting putting out um, we used did one on the High Plains which is kind of the um, you know everything from the, the, the all the, the land of corn to the the Rocky Mountains and um, this next one is the Pacific Northwest yes it's hell on the High Plains there it is um, the next one is the kind of the Pacific Northwest area of the country. And so we have to have Squatch, um, Sasquatch. Mm -hmm. And uh, the th that'll be a setting book. <clears throat> and then there's also a, um, like Horror Headstone Hill was, a box set adventure, which is like a big plot point campaign, but it'll include um, pawns, which are our um, tag board miniatures, and um, mm -hmm. an adventure with, all the all the good stuff, all the little like the the, the telegrams mm -hmm. and letters and maps, all in a in a box set. So that's a night of the Wendigo, and um, Shane went up there to see if he could actually you know find some Wendigo. Um, so that I think that'll be. Um, Did he ever he succeeded or not? 
he was cryptic on that. Cryptic about the cryptids. He was. And, um, I mean, you know, the uh, love the man for it. And so that, that's the, the next big Deadlands thing. Um, the on the companion front, like you mentioned at the beginning of the stream, um, superpowers is out. Fantasy is out. Horror is getting printed as we speak. Um, and then I, I believe the next one that we are going to polish up and, and um, push out will be Sci-Fi Companion. So um, Mike and Shane and Daryl um, and Simon have all been working hard on that one. Um, when, when various parts of those have been working on other projects too. So it's um, it's definitely a team effort. But I, I, the, the Sci-Fi is a long-awaited companion. And um, the, this this new iteration of Companions has been really well received. So we, 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 we put a lot of effort into those. There's a lot of play testing that goes on. That's the other thing too, I think that's, um, you know, as a fanboy of the system, um, that's how I got hired to be marketing manager. It's like, I'm not only a, a manager, I'm also a client. Um, I'm a big fan of Savage Worlds. I think the, mm -hmm. the amount of play testing that, that um, Clint and Jody and Shane and Simon and the whole rest of the crew um, do on, on the rule sets to make sure that, um, you know, they are as polished as possible. And then kind of the advantage of doing crowdfunding too, is we do um, community feedback. So we, very, very soon after we have a crowdfunder, we will publish the PDFs in digital format for backers and let them play test it, whether that's simply reading through and finding typos or areas we need to clarify in the language or the rules, or whether it's actually getting it to their tables and, 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 and you know, getting feedback on, on, well, my group did this crazy thing that you never would have guessed um, and see if that, you know, that breaks something needs to be fixed or not. Um, so that, that, that is a part of our publication process that we are, um, it, it adds a lot of steps and complexity and time, but it is worth it. I think in the end that the, you know, everything still feels cohesive and approachable and, and, and savage worldsy. Um, and so that, that's, you know, we're, we're happy to do that work. Um, so yeah, so, <clears throat> <clears throat> sorry, nothing gets out the door that hasn't been play tested thoroughly. Yeah. So that is also one of the, um, in a perfect world, um, kind of things on, you know, when, when we do make subtle changes um, to, to kind of big properties or big design things, you know, there is, there is, there's trickle down on, oh, wait, if we, if we change this, does that make, does that still work in over here? Um, so the, there are, there are a, a little bit of errata. Um, thankfully, like we are on the, the fifth printing of the Savage Ways Adventure Edition, Savage Worlds Adventure Edition core rules. Um, I think it's only about three pages with even all the explanations involved now. Um, it could be a little bit more, but the we're, we're we're pretty proud that we've kept that low for as long as we have, and a big part of that is just mm -hmm. the the community engagement that we get back and the feedback and the fact that we 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 do play a lot of Savage Worlds. So um, you know our our designers like you know, from from Jess, who everyone knows from from helping out with the pawns, to Donald, um, you know they get involved in, in in making sure that if they're working on a project, they get they get play tested. And, uh, and some of the stuff got played tested just this last week at, at GameholeCon. That's you know you might you might see in a future release. So yeah. cool. And uh, so JM, what's your hope for the future of Savage Universe? Like where do you where do you see this going as we uh, end up here? I mean, I I would just like it to continue to grow. Um, I think part of the problem is still people in the Savage Worlds community not necessarily knowing that they can just reach out. We've got a, you know, I think having doing Swag Timber was a big help because I emailed like everybody who's ever done a product product in for Savage uh, Worlds Adventure Guild. I was like, hey, here's who I am. Here's what I'd like to do, and you know, I've been I've been very uh, heartened by the fact that I don't think we've had a week go by since we launched the stream that we did not have somebody to talk to on the Savage Universe stream. Like there have been multi multiple weeks where I've had to do multiple articles. Um, as I said, we're booked out like the next four weeks on the Savage Universe stream. So I would just like to see that continue to continue a pace. Like I, I want people in the Savage Worlds community reaching out to me and saying, hey, I have this new thing. Hey, you know, my book's now available in print. Hey, I've got a Kickstarter going on. Hey, I'm dropping this new show. And yeah. I've, I've been very happy with how I've interacted, how the community's interacted uh, with Savage Universe. Well, I'd like to thank you both for coming on the show, explaining a little bit more about uh, Savage Worlds in general, and also Savage Universe and all the opportunities that aspiring designers can take advantage of. And uh, 
So I, I'll put all the links in the show notes uh, underneath and where people can find out more information. But uh, Landauer and JM, thank you for coming on the Daiku podcast. Thanks for having us. And, and look forward to having your own setting come to Savage World, sir. Eventually, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll make it make it so. Yeah.